Now we know that that man and sinners will sometimes blaspheme God just because they don't like the truth. They want to come against the very truth of God. They don't like what's being said. They don't like his truth. They're trying to fight against it because they're being used by pawn, as pawns by the powers of darkness. And so they come against that. And so they'll blaspheme God because of that. That's not what we're talking about here. That's why I bring out that that because of you. The thing we got to be concerned with, don't let anything we do cause people to blaspheme God. Because you're saying one thing, you're doing another, and they see that and they blaspheme God because of it. But your flesh is weak, right? Your flesh does like the boasting and the flattering, and that's what the enemy uses. It does like it. So that's why we go to prayer. God, forgive me for any time that I have sought my own glory. My spirit right now is on my knees asking you for forgiveness. So I know my spirit wants you to be happy and not them. And just shine your light on me and keep me from that. I want it to be for your glory. Just be honest with God. He knows your flesh is weak. The Bible says he knows our flesh is weak. He remembers we were dust. And this is what pulls the rug under atheists all the time. Is, is like, why do you, where did you get those morals from? And God's saying it right here. It's because they instinctively do the things of the law because their conscience is bearing witness. Either giving them, okay, that's okay, or oh, that was bad, like my dad was talking about. But the more times you do, you ignore the, oh, that was bad, you sear your conscience, then you only have one side where it just gives you, gives you over. You can do whatever you want. Good morning, brothers and sisters. Welcome to another episode of Romans and Coffee, or Coffee and Romans. I think I said it backwards there. But guys, <laughs> please get a pencil. If you're having trouble reading the Bible and you're having trouble finding the time, this is what we built this for. This is for you. Uh, fortunately, and this is all glory to God, we did nothing. He put the fire in it. We love doing it. So we'll do it all the time, and we'll do it for you. But this book specifically, guys, pay attention. This book specifically gives a, I mean, this book, the book of Romans, gives such a good diagnosis overall. And I mean, and this is a very arguable question that me and dad, we kind of went back and forth on, on what, where do you start if you're going to the Bible? We're not discounting any part of the Bible. I want to be clear. It is all necessary. It's all used for, for learning. It's all used. It's all God's word. It's all important. But Romans is a good starting place. Wouldn't you say, dad, it's a good spot that kind of just goes over all the parts of Christianity. Absolutely. And then, and we've talked about that before, you know, Romans just, just uh, one of them books that because it's like Paul's explaining to a, a group of, of people that haven't been familiar with, with all the things of the law and everything. And so he starts from the beginning and then goes through so many topics. The book of Romans covers just so many topics throughout the whole time. We'll see that as we go through the book. And that's why it's kind of a good good place to, to at least be one of the ones you start on, if, especially if you're a new believer. It just uh, covers a lot of things. And so you can get a good overview when you see Romans. And then uh, that's just going to help you be able to understand the other parts of the word as you read it. Right. So if you have questions like, what do the Jews have to do with <clears throat> Christianity? What does uh, the law have to do with it? Are there rules? Are there not rules? Why? Why is there? What did Christ do? Why did he have to die? What do we do now? What what happens if I make mistakes? Why do I still want to make mistakes? Why do I still feel? I mean, all of these questions, if you have those, this is for you. This book was where I started in my beginning, and I'm not saying you have to start there, 
but it's one of the you know along with the gospels always but but it was a good it was a good start and i hope it's a good one for you uh we we've just went through chapter one and and halfway through two we're starting at chapter two verse 12 and he's basically paul's just going going through the list of anything you can think of and saying that no human being is justified without christ ultimately what he's going to get to but he's breaking it down for anybody who might say well i'm a sinner but i'm not that bad you know i I, i'll reason my way into heaven or you know i'm i follow the law or whatever the case is and we're kind of go we're going to dive right into that we're starting with verse 12 in chapter 2 and what we've talked about previously this is going to continue on and matter of fact uh, the very last verse before that and 11 says for there is no partiality with god so god is that's really what he's talking about in this chapter uh, a lot of the focus and it's in different areas but it's just saying god sees all things he's not partial to anything nothing's hidden for his sight and so when we the beginning first chapters we talked about last time we talked about anybody who's over there who thinks that hey this is has to do with all the the Blanton sinners out there, you know, God sees them. Yeah. I mean, but, but God just said in the beginning, in, in the beginning of this chapter, Hey, I see you too. So now we're going to go into some of the people. He's just continuing on this theme talking about not only do I see you, but for those people who were sitting on the corner and he said, I see you, but they're sitting there in their chair saying, yeah, that's right. I, I, I do that. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I read that Bible too. Yeah, I, I read that verse. I know about that. So now he's going to talk to these people and he's going to say, okay, but it's not just what you say you know. It's also who you are and what you do as demonstration. And we covered this topic. It kind of talks about faith and works and how they work together. And we, we did a video on that. Uh, so I would encourage everybody to check it out. Yeah, we talk about faith and works and how they work together. But but this is what it's going to go in talking about that. You can't just say, you know, you, because God sees all things you're going to, you, I mean, the reality is either real or it's not. And that's what God's saying. I see it all. So if you think you're sitting over there saying, I know it, but you're not demonstrating forth the fruits that show that you know it, then I see that. That's what God's saying. I see that. So it's important to know that this is one of, for the, like dad, you were talking about faith and works, like the work side of it, where you've got to earn your own salvation side of it. To put that in context, this is one of the ones they'll use out of context to try to use it to try to say that you need to work. But all Paul's saying is here, you just like Dad said, you can't just say you're doing it. You gotta you gotta do it, do it. Like so, if you're not doing it, doing it, you're not justified, and nobody can say they're perfect. So that's where the problem is here, and that's what yep. he's getting at. But uh, Dad, yep. you want to go ahead and read it? Yeah, sure. Um... Uh, how, how far you want, to, want me to just read through 16? That's kind of this first section here. I'll read 12 through 16, then we'll go back through it. For all who have sinned without the law will also perish without the law. And all who have sinned under the law will be judged by the law. For it is not the hearers of the law who are just before God, but the doers of the law will be justified. For when Gentiles who do not have the law do instinctively the things of the law, these not having the law are a law to themselves in that they show the work of the law written in their hearts their conscience bearing witness and their thoughts alternately accusing or else defending them on the day when according to my gospel god will judge the secrets of men through jesus christ let's talk about verse 14 for mm -hmm. so first thing let's talk about the the contrast really 
So he's talking about in verse two and twelve. He's talking about, hey, okay, so if you're you're saying you're the law, you can't just say it, right? You can't just say, yeah, I know this. I can list all these rules. I can do these things. You got to do them all. And then he goes into talking about for when the Gentiles, why do not have the law, do instinctively the things of the law. These not having the law are the law to themselves. Let's talk about that, Deb. Yeah, this is a a good verse that goes back to previously what we talked about in uh, chapter one, when God talked about he has made known his will to everybody. He's put it in everybody. And so a lot of times people know things because this is a big question that always comes up. How is God going to judge the people that never heard the gospel, that never heard the truth? How's he going to deal with them? Well, this is a verse that's kind of showing that. He's saying, I put a certain degree of law in everybody and everybody will be judge righteously but god sees all things he knows the thoughts and intentions of someone's heart and i guarantee you, you could take the remotest person in the world you could take a, a cannibal that lives in the jungles of south america somewhere that doesn't never heard anything about god but i guarantee you when they grow up the first time they kill somebody they know it inside their heart there's something in there telling that this was not right what i just did now, their conscience may become, and this is exactly what happens with people, your conscience can become seared and because of everybody around you either supporting you or whatever, you, you fall into that thing, and next thing you know, you're doing it and doing it and doing it, and you're not thinking like you did. But I guarantee you, the first time you did it, it your conscience was screaming at you that something wasn't right here. Right. And it's no different for these people too. And so how do we know that? Hey, that's what God said. I, I, I know all things. And on that day, I'm going to judge the thoughts and intentions of people's heart and things are going to be brought out that nobody even imagined. Well, how do you know? Well, there it is. Cause in their heart, it's going to, all this, all this is, it's like if you had a screen there and someone doing that and all their thoughts and intentions and motives were flashed up on the screen. All of a sudden you're going to see all this stuff like, Oh no, why did I do this? What, you know, that that's, those are the things that are going to be coming up that no one hears. No one knows but the thoughts of that man sometimes. And this is a tad bit off subject, but it's very important to touch on what Dad just said. The more times you do this, your conscience gets seared. If people understood, you know, I want to tell my kids about this because I can look back at my life and see when it was happening to me. The more times you do this, your conscience gets seared. And then you'll look at your life like maybe your conscience is already seared. Just an example. Now you look at your life and you'll think you never cared about it, but you did. You did care. You always do. I mean, the proof you talk about, the, you know, tribal people that have never heard of Jesus Christ, have never heard of the one true God of Israel. They've never heard of that. But when they kill animals, they only kill what they need. And then they, you know, they pray for it or whatever they do after they do it. All the little rituals we've seen because morality is built in it. And this is what pulls the rug under atheists all the time is, is like, why do you where did you get those morals from? And God's saying it right here. It's because they instinctively do the things of the law because their conscience is bearing witness, either giving them, okay, that's okay, or, oh, that was bad, like my dad was talking about. But the more times you do, you ignore the, oh, that was bad, you sear your conscience, then you only have one side where it just gives you, gives you over. You can do whatever you want. Exactly. And it's the same thing that's happening. And that's why verse, verse 12 kind of explains what we just talked about in 14. It says, for those who have sinned without the law, will perish without the law and those who have sinned under the law will be judged by it so it's just he's including again what are we talking about god is just including everybody he's saying i see it all i don't care what your situation is what your conditions at i see it all everything is laid bare before me and he's just including everybody in this he's just trying to let everybody know as we're going on because all this is building up 
to God trying to let us know where we're at and what our condition is. And we're going to find out when we get into chapter three, where he's just going to pl- come out and say, guess what? Everybody sin and fall short of the glory of God. I mean, we're going right. to, we're going to see that when we get into that next chapter, but be. that's what God is building up here. He's just, he's taken away all excuses. He's taken away everybody who try to justify themselves in one way. Someone who has a lot. Well, I know the truth is now. Okay, do you know the truth? And we're going to find that out as we read on. I don't want to get ahead of ourselves, but we're fixing to find out. That's exactly what he says. What he's doing, if you want like an illustration, is the plane is crashing. All of our planes crashing. All of humanity's on this plane. It's going on a mountain. There's no no possible way for survival. It's going to hit a mountain a million miles an hour, no possible way. He's taking all your fake life preservers that don't have any air in them away from you. He's taking all the dead parachutes out of the plane away from you. So there is nothing else to grab but the truth. And what what this whole gospel is, what we're getting to, is what the only working parachute is to save yourself from this crashing plane. And God's building it up here. And for some people, this should be exciting. Because we're saying right here, look, verse 12 sums it up. No church, no, no law should be judging you. Because you can't just say the law. You can't just memorize the law. You can't just memorize verses. You've got to do them. And even the secrets will be judged. So you can't just do them out loud. And and I don't think anybody can. But if somebody, for example, was able to publicly do everything right, right? The secrets are still getting judged, no matter what. So that sums it all up. The person judging, pointing at you, is judged by the law that they're pointing at you with. And you, without the law, are judged by your, or, or condemned for your dead. I mean, for your deeds. So this should be it should be encouraging if you've been pushed away from the church or whatever the case is. Everybody's in the same boat, and God's trying to say, "Hey, look, no more parachutes, just this one." Yeah, and that's what I I love about God because that's the way God is. He meets us where we're at. Whatever our condition is, where we're at, he, that's how he's going to talk to us. And that's why he's breaking down here. He said, okay, if you're without the law, I'm going to deal with you as someone that was without the law. And if you have the law, I'm going to deal with you like that. In other words, he's going to take it. So you say, you know, okay, then, then, then he's going to approach us like that. It's no different than that. We should understand that too. When we're, we, we've got to understand when we're, if you're talking and you're sharing with somebody, if it's somebody that's lost, that doesn't understand nothing of God, you're going to approach and you're going to speak to them in a different way because they don't understand some of those things. But then if it's someone who says, Hey, yeah, no, I know the Lord, I'm a follower of Christ, then, then you're going to, you're going to take them at their word and you're going to approach them like that. You're going to speak to them as someone who should say, okay, if you know God, let's, we should be able to read his word and agree, come to agreement then. So, so he, I just love it that God approaches us where we're at. You know, he doesn't, he does, he's not trying to bring us from a different area. He he catches us where we're at and that's how he's going to deal with us. Quick sum up and then we'll move to the next verse. And I, because I, I just think it's very important. Uh, verse 12 saying all that sinned, uh, if, you, if you sin with the law and you have the law, you're going to be judged by it and perish and be condemned. If you do it without the law, you're going to perish and be condemned. Okay, verse 13, he is reemphasizing the point. You can't just say the verses. You can't just do it. Even in the secrets, even in the dark when no one's looking, you got to be a doer of the law, which is impossible if you're honest with yourself. Uh, for when Gentile, and then in verse 14, talks about uh, when Gentiles don't have the law, they've never been given the law, but they do it instinctively, then that's a law unto themselves. And what that means is, if their conscience is bearing witness, like my dad said, that, hey, this is wrong, and it's not, they've got the law written on their heart already, is the whole point of it. And that's exactly what we're talking about in, in verse uh, 15. It's written on their hearts. 
And then 16 wraps it up with, on the day, no matter what's going on, doer, hearer, not knower, no matter what, Jesus, God is going to judge the secrets of your heart, not just the things you do in public. So, and that'll bring so the, us right into 217. Yeah, and, and now we're going into it. In, in uh, 217, it says, you know, but if you bear the name Jew and rely upon the law and boast in God and know he will, and he, if you know his will and approve the things that are essential, being instructed out of the law, and are confident that you yourself are a guide to the blind, a light to those who are in darkness, a corrector of the foolish, a teacher of the immature, having in the law the embodiment of knowledge of truth. You, therefore, who teach another, do you not teach yourself? You who preach that one should not steal, do you steal? You who say that one, that one should not commit adultery, do you commit adultery? You who hate idols, do you rob temples? You who boast in the law, through your breaking of the law, do you dishonor God? For the name of God is blasphemed among the Gentiles because of you, just as is written. So yeah, we see here in this verse, you know, about talking about, let's break it down in, in, in normal terms of what present day, when it talks about you bear the name of Jew, it's just, that's just a representation of someone who knows God, okay? Because the Jews were the ones that had the oracles of God, had all the truth of God been handed down to them uh, via prophets and teachers and everything else through God. So that's just a representative of someone who knows God or saying that they know God. Okay. So that's well, they why know the law. Saying, if you, it's exactly. just a representation so you, of a Jewish person that knows the law. And if for somebody right. who doesn't, it's somebody that knew right. the Jewish law. They knew the rules basically. Right. And so in this day and age, it would be someone who said, okay, yeah, I know God. I know about God. I know the things of God. And he, again, just like what we were just talking about, God approaches us where we're at. So he says, okay, if you say that you're, and, and again, he's here, Paul's going into it. Okay. You say that, you know, God, he said, okay, if you say that, you know, God, and you approve all the things, and it just goes through the whole list you know, talking about you, you're, you say that you're, you're, you're a light to the, the blind. He's just talking about all the things that you should be. If you are really saying that, okay, I'm a Jew, I'm, I'm a, I'm a person who knows God. Then he starts to list all these things. He said, okay, well, if you know God, then you approve all the things that are essential. You've been instructed by God. You, conf you, you, you know, you're a, you're a guide to the blind because that's who you're supposed to be. You're supposed to be that witness of God. He says you, you're a light to those who are in darkness. You, 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 you're a corrector of foolish. He's just going through all the attributes of who you should be if you say you're You that. should be. That's right. And so he's saying that's why he gets down to the nitty-gritty. He says, hey, you who preach, do not steal. Do you steal? I mean, he's just saying, are you doing what you say? You know, I mean, there's a verse in the Bible which John knows that uh, that I, I love when Jesus one time was speaking to his disciples and he uh, about the subject. And what did he say? He told about the Pharisees. He said, do what the Pharisees say, but don't do what they do because they weren't doing what they were saying. Yep. And that's that's all part of what what's going on here. Said so if you are, if you say you're something, then you need to be that. It's just that simple. And then that's what this whole verse is going through. It's talking about all the things, you know, you say, you know, God and this and that and say all this stuff. And then that last verse in 24, where it says, 
for the name of God is blasphemed among the Gentiles because of you. Now, this is a, a big topic nowadays, John. It goes on to something that you've been on your heart, you know, that you see. Uh, sometimes you, you were talking about the people that you encounter every day. They're always talking about these things that they're seeing through people who say they know God. And, and, and yet they're not really demonstrating that true nature of God to these people. And, and, and because of that, God is being blasphemed. Right. You know, and it, it's a sad situation. And, and you're absolutely right. This is the, the mo- this is another one. Romans has a lot of prophecy, I guess, for 2023 or this era is because the name of God is blasphemed among un- unbelievers because of what the way we represent them. And it's it's this is just new perspective coming in. And, and, and you're right, Dad. I think we should definitely do a better job of that whole different yeah, subject. And- can't open that can today. <laughs> well, we've kind of covered that, like I said, in that other video when we talk about the relationship of the law and works and how that all that works together. So so that's an important subject. But the, the again, keeping everything in focus, what what Paul's trying to show here is he's just again reemphasizing, I see everything. Wherever you say you are, you, you better be there because God understands. He sees it all. Nothing's hidden from his side. He's gonna see it all. And one thing I one other thing I want to bring out from that verse 24 there, it says, For the name of God is blasphemy among the Gentiles because of you, just as it is written. I wanted to to stress that point, that last part. It says, because of you. Now we know that that man and sinners will sometimes blaspheme God just because they don't like the truth. They want to come against the very truth of God. They don't like what's being said. They don't like his truth. They're trying to fight against it because they're being used by pawn, as pawns by the powers of darkness. And so they come against that. And so they'll blaspheme God because of that. That's not what we're talking about here. That's why I bring out that, that because of you, the thing we got to be concerned with, don't let anything we do cause people to blaspheme God. I mean, we understand that sometimes people will blaspheme God because they're, 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 they're haters of God. Sometimes they become that, you know, against God because they're being used. And so they're going to do those things. But don't let us be the cause of that. That's what it's saying. Because of you, they're being blasphemed. Lord. Because you're saying one thing, you're doing another, and they see that and they blaspheme God because of it. I mean, this is, especially the latter verses that we've read, this is just hypocrisy. This is what it is. And it's not about calling anybody out. It's about all of us humbling ourselves yep. and saying, hey, we're not perfect. We're not perfect. And when we're trying to teach people, we should be terrified. We should do it with fear and trembling. We should do it with, you know, prayerfully and ask God like, hey, I know I'm not perfect. How dare I try to help anybody? And I'm not saying that we shouldn't help. I'm just saying that's the mentality we have, the heart posture, the humility we have to have. And if you had that humility out of love, you would never do this. You would never have other people because of what you do blaspheme the name of God. And it's important we can't assume that they're just they're blaspheming the name of God because they love their sin. We got to at least take a second to look and say, hey, have we shown any love or have we just assumed that's what we're doing and push them away? Exactly. And this is so important. The reason why I say that this is so important is because we have to be discerning. We have to know that because these are some of the tools we have to understand first that the complete work of God in that that if you're a believer in the Lord, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. That has to be a foundation in your life. You have to understand that because the powers of darkness will use things like this against you to try to take you off of what with the message that God is trying to give through you. 
because unbelievers will use that. They will try to accuse you. Oh, you, you say you're this and that. They're trying to make you draw back from telling the truth. That's the reason why I emphasize that part. Don't let it be done because of you. Like I said, if there's something you're doing that is not of God, that's causing them to do that, then that's something you need to take to heart. You need to go before God and get that right. But if they are just saying something because they're coming against the truth of God, that's a different story. That's why I made the comment, there will, they will blaspheme God sometime for other reasons. Don't let it be because of you, though. That's the point. And you got to discern that, though. You need to choose. Exactly. You need to figure out. Don't exactly. just write it off. You need to look at that and and, right. and see what what's happening here. Because a lot of times, man, when I hear the blasphemes, I mean, I'm telling you, a lot of times when I'm witnessing to people and they they the blasphemes, they're crying out for help. They want mm -hmm. you to talk them into it. They need something. They need it, and and they <laughs> really right. they don't they won't tell you that, but they do. And all you got to do, it's really simple. How's your life going? How's everything going? And when they get into that, then they start, it's, it's, you can tell when they start to tell you how bad things are going, then, you know, they are actually looking, they're not blaspheming. They're just mad and they're scared and they need help. And if we, if we have love, we'll see straight through that and we'll just say, well, how's it going? And watch what happens. Try it. It's a little experiment for you. <laughs> John's doing experiments. That's your homework assignment. <laughs> I'm telling you, go witness to somebody. If they say something negative, say, how's your life going? Just get them to talk. And you know, I get this a lot. They're like, man, I don't, I don't know why I was just saying all that. I don't know why I was talking. Because if God is after somebody, he'll get them. And he tugs at their heart. But if we're just like, nope, throw them off. And I, I get, we're not supposed to throw pearls at pigs. All of this needs to be done with discernment. But we can't just assume before we even give anybody a chance. Ask why. Why do you blaspheme God? Why do you hate God? Why do you think this is? What happened? Every single time. Not every single time. A lot of the times. Well, <laughs> I, I, I want God. I believe in God. But, you know, Christians are judgmental. I, they push me out of the church. And I know that that is an excuse for a lot of people. But what happens when I start talking to them about the real Jesus and about what Jesus is supposed to represent? They open up. And at the very least, they'll say, well, I don't want to talk about it anymore, but they'll open up. You know, you take those excuses and strongholds from them. You rip it out of their hand and you show them. And now we're getting off subject, but I got fired up. No, you're exactly right, John. And that's what our goal is. You know, we're like we've talked about that. We're, we're ambassadors for Christ. So we're representing God. When an ambassador represents, uh, you know, the kingdom that they're from to another place. And that's what we're doing. We're representing the kingdom of heaven to people. So we want them to understand if, if, if they, if they don't want to receive this because they just love what they're doing, then that's fine. I mean, that's, that's their choice. God gave them that choice. We just don't want them to reject it because they have seen the, the, the truth of God has been maligned to them. And so they don't really see the true God. They think God is something that what, what he's really not. So we have to be careful on how we represent him. That's all. And yeah. and I, I give a word of caution, too, because we're going to see that as we go into this, because we're going to talk about this now, because when you when we read these things, that's why I made the comment. There's no condemnation for those in Christ. Jesus. It's important to understand that. Because when we read things like that, we immediately kind of draw back and say, yeah, I don't know if I, you know, man, you know, we start, inter which which we should do. I mean, we should be walking in the light to where when God's bringing something, forth to us, we need 
Exactly. We need yep. to look at that. It's an important thing, but we don't need to be condemned by it. That's we don't right. need to draw back. We need to just deal with it so that we can then move on. And that's why he's going to go into this Here, here's section. The, here, con, con, I, I just want to break in there because conviction yeah. is so important. It is that feeling. Oh, that, yeah. oh, feeling. But here's the difference. Conviction makes you run towards God. Oh, Papa, I need to fix this. Did I do something wrong? I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. Condemnation makes you run from God. And you're mm -hmm. like, nope, I, there is no hope. There is no, there is no hope for you. That's that's the uh, lie from the enemy. Conviction is when the right. Holy Spirit is drawing you back. Like, okay, this is wrong, and you run to God and you say, okay, uh, yeah, this is wrong. I agree with you. I agree with you. Help me with this thing, and He will. So please, when you're hearing this, there is no condemnation, and it's arguable if you can't, if we, you haven't fully received that. That's where you need to go back to with prayer. You need to get God to show you that there is no condemnation. But at the same time, Dad, you're right. We do want to. Uh, we want to feel that conviction. Just, it's not condemnation. Don't let the enemy lie to you, because this is where he sneaks in right here. Because he doesn't want you to try. But really, you need to go to God and say, "Am I doing something wrong? Am I? Okay, right. I kind of feel bad. Did I do that? Was that me? I'm sorry, God. I'm sorry. Help me. Trust me. Conviction will be your best friend if you're walking in this life. Exactly. And this is a, a good segue into this last section in this chapter where it's going to talk about this it's going to talk about the value of knowing god of the it's a good thing to know god and to know these things and it's he's going to reinforce that but uh i wanted to just kind of explain for maybe someone who doesn't understand uh john you might want to you want to share a little bit about circumcision and what it means because we're going to talk about that right here so what what it actually means in the spiritual sense when god talks about that what that sign meant when god gave that sign to abraham and said all let all the people be circumcised the firstborn sons and stuff and what all did that mean john and physically speaking we'll start there first right. not kids watch i'm not going to graphic uh, physically <laughs> speaking who had who was circumcised then the jews so what were mm -hmm. what was different about them and everybody else? Their circumcision. So that mm -hmm. set them apart. That's what it did. Exactly. It set them apart. Spiritually, exactly. that's what Jesus has done to us when we believe. He set us apart. It, you're that's different. Right. You're circumcised by this. You, you're circumcised by believing me that I was crucified, mm -hmm. I was buried, and I rose on the third day. That's how you're circumcised spiritually. Okay. Is was that good? yeah that's up? exactly right that's i just wanted in case someone because we like i said we talk about that a lot we throw terms out and sometimes people don't understand that's really right. what that's talking about so so if when you want to know what it that, exactly it is you go look it up yourself we're not going to talk about it on here there may be children watching <laughs> yeah exactly and so we're going to see that in here because he's going to start talking about that and then that's the reason why i wanted to kind of uh bring that up but like in verse 25 now i'm going to read through the rest of this section then we'll go come back through it because it's all talking about this it says for indeed circumcision is of value if you practice the law but if you are a transgressor of the law your circumcision has become uncircumcision so if the uncircumcised man keeps the requirements of the law Will not his uncircumcision be regarded as circumcision? And he who is physically uncircumcised, if he keeps the law, will he not judge you who, though you having the letter of the law and the circumcision, are a transgressor of the law? For he is not a Jew who is one outwardly, nor is circumcision that which is outward in the flesh. But he is a Jew who is one inwardly, and circumcision is that which is of the heart, by the spirit, not by the letter and his praise is not from men but from god 
I love this section because it's I know yeah, it's just it's so good. It's <laughs> so good. <laughs> I knew you liked that one. Go into it, Dad. Go into it. This is your baby. Well, it's just I mean, talking about the beginning again. Remember that that circumcision was given as a sign that they belonged to God, like John said. Hey, they were separated. They were set apart for God. And so, just using that illustration, it's just saying, hey, is this belief in God any value to you? Yeah, but if you're a transgressor, in other words, if you're not doing the things that you're saying. You know, it's it's going to be considered like you're not circumcised. Yeah, you know that that's the reality. That's what it's saying. It said, but if you are a transgressor of the law, your circumcision has become uncircumcision. He meant he meant he meant circumcision of any value. Exactly. He accidentally said your belief in God. He meant right. if yeah, if your circumcision is your circumcision of any value, mm -hmm. if you're a transgressor of this law. That's right. That's right. And so, and that's what it says. So if the uncircumcised man keeps the requirements of the law, well, not his uncircumcision be regarded as, in other words, it's just saying that God is going to judge the hearts of man. And it doesn't matter what tag or title or anything else that you or someone else gives you. God is going to judge your, judge people according to their heart, the motives and intentions of their heart. And that's what's going on here. It's just talking about that. And that's what he's talking about. He those and again, that's why it goes into verse twenty-seven. It says, "But he who's physically uncircumcised, if he keeps the law, will he not judge you having the letter of the law of circumcision?" That's just like saying, if you have somebody that walks up there, just put it in the present day. If I walk up there and I say, I say, "Hey, you know, God is a uh, God is patient and kind," and I, I call myself a Christian, but then I'm walking around always mad, unpatient being being very mean i'm not kind in any kind of way but yet you have somebody out here that doesn't know god that comes over there and is very patient toward everybody very kind that's what it's talking about you don't think god sees that <laughs> you think god's gonna say oh 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 yeah you, you have that name so i'm gonna pick you no it don't work like that god sees all things it's not about the outward appearance and again in context of what we're talking about here paul is rebuking the ability to lean on the law okay this isn't mm -hmm. this isn't saying anything other than that he is trying to break it that's what paul does you're going to learn this when you read his letters he breaks it down down like and what he's trying to do is explain that you can't he's not just telling you you can't lean on the law he's showing you why he's giving you examples and that's what he's right. doing here he's like well if the uncircumcised does it doesn't he get to judge you according to that so is it by is it by the letter of the law or is it by the spirit and bottom line, all this is pointing to is the law was a tutor. It was temporary. It couldn't be kept. It was there to keep us. It was there to lead us to who is the word made flesh. And that's the only one that can do this thing. And that's Paul's point. Right. Obviously, we know Paul is preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. So what's he getting at here? He's trying to re uh, just dismantle any ideas that your own workspace re uh, righteousness will ever work. Yeah, and... This, this whole section here is getting to what me and John was just talking about the other day when we were fellowshipping about, uh, about, and it's a pet peeve of mine of how when we deal with issues sometimes, we're always dealing with all these little weeds on the outside. We're not dealing with the real root, and that's what God is talking about here. He's trying to say all these things on the outside, that's not the real thing. He said even that even the sign that was given was only a type of what the real problem was. 
God was just trying to show them through picture types, through situations, all the things that you see that was always being done, the feasts, the days and stuff. It was to remind us of the real reality of things, the way they're really supposed to. They're supposed to be types to point us to things like this. So when you're talking about the, hey, you're set apart from God, but you know where the real circumcision, that's what he said, hey, yeah, you circumcised to show yourself to be a person of God. But guess where the real problem really happens? The real circumcision happens in the heart. That's that's just a sign or type showing, pointing to what the real problem is. The real problem's in the heart. And that is what has to really be circumcised. That heart has to have that that coldness removed from it, that 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 way that fights against God. It talks about that in another scripture. In the in, in these days, God's gonna take out their heart of uh, of stone and give them a heart of flesh. He's gonna take that, uh, remove that 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 hardness away from them and give them a new heart that's what this is talking about the true reality comes from god and he deals with the root of the problem so that's that's an answer to a good old old-fashioned question is the old testament important well here's the deal jesus christ is our if you're a christian i mean jesus christ is the word made flesh all these feasts all this the law uh, the entire chapter of leviticus all of that is to point to you the pure righteousness of god and then point Ultimately, like my dad said, giving you physical types that represent what the goal is, and the goal is Jesus Christ. So, yes, yeah. study those feasts. Look at them. Understand what it's trying to see. And every time you open the Old Testament, understand that it is pointing at Christ. All of it. All of it is pointing at Christ. And that is what Paul was. Jesus revealed to Paul, and that's what he's trying to pronounce. But he's pronouncing it to Gentiles, so he's going into depth with the law and all that. Exactly. And... and it's just such an important topic. Like I said, uh, you know, if you don't get to the root of it, then you're always dealing with all these things. It's like I said, if you can go and you could get somebody to, let's say they have an anger problem, if you could get them to control their anger, okay, that's great. But guess what? If their heart's not changed, they're probably going to have 25 other things right. that's there. But if you deal with the heart, it's going to take care of a lot of issues because that's where the root is. That's where the real problem is. You know, if you have a heart that fights against God and the things of God, you're going to have issues other places. So that's be, why it's important to deal with the root. I should be encouraging, brother and sister, right now that if you're going through something, and I want to be clear, I'm not talking about not like living in sin and saying, uh, thinking in your heart that it's okay. I'm talking about if you're struggling with something, if you agree with God about it, but it keeps resurfacing and you're struggling with something. I think about the, and the enemy is using condemnation. If you get rid of this thing, there's, there's a whole law of things that you could still be doing. The problem is not that that is the symptom. The problem is sin. And that's what, that's what you go to God with. So it should be encouraging. If you're struggling with something, trust me, there'll be something else you're struggling with. You need to go to God with it like everything else. The problem becomes when you stop caring, like when your conscience is seared and you don't think it's bad anymore, you're not agreeing with God, you're not feeling bad for it, and you begin to live in it. Yeah, and that's that's a lot of times, sometimes God could do that. I just want to emphasize this, you know, uh, uh, closing this out, but just there in that last verse, I, I love the last part of it. It talks about, you know, it's talking about the Jews who's one inwardly in circumcision is that the heart, what we just talked about by the spirit, not by the letter, but especially that last part. And his praise is not from men, but from God. And I want to emphasize that because I would challenge everyone out there. You know, whenever you're doing anything, if you really wonder, ask yourself that question. Am I worried about what 
man thinks about me or am I really concerned about what God thinks about this issue? I mean, this this is what, what will really help you in a lot of things. And I don't mean you just go around freezing yourself constantly, always. I'm not talking about that. I'm just talking about walking open before God. And if you really want to know, because sometimes there's those confusing things, because Satan will try to come and lie to you too and say, oh, you're just doing this because of this. But God knows your true motives. So if you know your motive is pure and you're you're seeking praise from God, not from man, then you know that you're you're okay. Don't you can fight against the powers of darkness and the and the lies they try to throw at you. Say, oh, you're just doing this for your own glory, or you're just doing this for the, they did they tried the same thing to Jesus. Remember the Pharisees, through the Pharisees, Satan used them to try to say, Oh, you're seeking your own glory because you're speaking about yourself. They tried this same tactic against him, you know, and he would say, no, but my testimony, if I'm speaking, my testimony is true because I'm only speaking what? The things that my father told me to say. Again, where is our praise? Is it from God or from man? What are we seeking after? That's the reason why Jesus could speak it. That's the reason why we can speak it in those times. That's the thing that's going to help us to judge which way we go, where we're at. You know, if our heart is to just to please God, then we're going to be set free and we're going to be able to do some things. But if we're actually have ulterior motives and we're trying to please man, it's not going to prosper anyway. Good news is if, if you're having other motives, if you're worried about that right now, then that's proof right there that you you care. You care about it because right. there's another secret battle besides the enemy. And I don't want to get anybody overthinking. That's not what this is about. If we prayerfully right. go in front of God, things will be cleared. But your flesh is weak, right? Your flesh does like the boasting and the flattering. And that's what the enemy uses. It does like it. So that's why yep. we go to prayer. God, forgive me for any time that I have sought my own glory. My spirit right now is on my knees asking you for forgiveness. So I know my spirit wants you to be happy and not them. And just shine your light on me and keep me from that. I want it to be for your glory. Just be honest with God. He knows your flesh is weak. The Bible says he knows our flesh is weak. He remembers we were dust. So when we make mistakes, if we're going to him saying, God, I, I'm sorry if I got my own glory. I'm sorry if I liked it a little too much when that person said, good job. We, we all go through that, but we go to God and we know in our spirit, we know it's wrong. We know that he deserves all the glory in your spirit. You know that. So the point I was making in the beginning of this whole thing was the if you're thinking about it, like worried about it or concerned about having other motives, that's proof that you do actually agree with God because you agree it's wrong. So be encouraged by it is what I mean, because the enemy will wear that out. He does it to me at least once a day with condemnation. Oh, you just want that for yourself. You just want that for yourself. And he uses that flesh sensation of somebody telling you good job, or maybe your past. If you're like me, your past, you're a people pleaser and you walk this earth looking for affirmation from men. The devil knows that too. So he'll try to use that too. Look, you like that a little too much. And you go to God, honestly, God, I'm sorry if that's true. I, I, I am here because I know that's wrong and you're right. Mm-hmm. That's exactly right. And and just uh, what have we talked about here? Just summarizing this section that we, we went through here. It, what is God saying? God just saying, hey, I see it all. It doesn't matter what somebody says. It doesn't matter what tag you have or tag you don't have. I see it all. If you're someone who says, you know the Lord, then uh, I'm going to expect you to walk as though you who you say you are. Okay. And if you're someone here, here's another point that sometimes people don't. If you say you don't know the Lord, that's not an excuse for you. 
You see, because some people will use that excuse. Well, I don't know the things of God, so I'm not held accountable. Oh, yes, you are. Because God's talking about that. There's a law within their self. So even for someone who doesn't know the God, God, it's not good enough for you to say, well, I didn't know God. Because God's going to say, oh, yeah, I put something in you to know. You're bound to your so conscience. Exactly. So so basically he's saying everybody, all flesh is is becoming accountable before God. And that's what we're going to see through all this. As we go into the next chapter, next time we're going to talk about that. It's going to go into that, talking about how everything has been made accountable to God. You know, there's nothing hidden from his sight. We're going to see that. So we got to see if you're, as, a, as a, if we know this, if we know this ahead of time, now's the time to get it right. Not in a condemnation way, because we, we spoke about this many times. God said, hey, we're already condemned. He didn't come to condemn the world. He come to set us free. If you read everything in that light, you ain't going to immediately start shrinking back because you feel condemnation. You're going to realize, hey, God's speaking something. Yeah, it's pricking me a little bit. But he, he said, I'm already condemned, you know, in the world. But through him, we're made righteous. So if you're someone knows, hey, it's because of what he did that made you righteous in the first place. So now it's just about listening to him and letting him lead you out of that so this is what we're going to see right here before we're going down god is making everybody accountable and then we're going to see that as we go next time into the next chapter he's going to even start really summing all this up about showing that so then he can show what he did about this issue that we're that we're in hang in there guys i know these <laughs> first two chapters are coming at you one thing you can do right now i know listen don't let the enemy not let you continue paul is hammering down a point god yeah. through paul is doing what i said at the very start of the video he's taken every fake parachute out of your crashing plane he's taken all of them out he's about to show you the real parachute in the next chapter so hang in there guys listen this is we're, we're about to get into the good he's gonna he's gonna finish in that no one is righteous in this next chapter that there is no justification by man there is no reconcile man has no way to reconcile himself to god he can't That's do right. it himself. And then he's going to show how we do that. You're about to find out what the parachute is. And then we're going to keep going more and more and more and more. So please do not let the enemy, I repeat, do not let him put condemnation on you. If you're feeling conviction, that's good. He's trying to show you that there's no other way. You're about to find out the way. So stick around with us. Look around you in yes, your living room right now. Look in your car. If you're in traffic, look, look around other people. None of them are righteous. Nobody is. There is no other. That's right. And that's what Paul's trying to get down. That's right. And, you know, for, for someone saying that, uh, you know, that doesn't know the Lord, hey, you know, it's not that God is, is condemned. God has already stated we're already condemned. That's the point. You know, God's not coming here to condemn you. It doesn't mean that, okay, well, he's not, there's no condemnation. Yeah, no condemnation in Christ Jesus only because of what he did for us. That's the reason why there's no condemnation. The condemnation is there only because we're already in that state. If you don't know God. Plane crashing. You're already there. Exactly. And so God come to set us free. And that's what we're going to see as we continue on. You know what God did about all this. That's right. That's right. All right, brothers and sisters. We love you so much. This is so much fun. This is why we keep going over. Uh, give us some comments. Let us know. Hey, do you like the longer videos or shorter videos? Uh, we'd love to do at least an hour, but if, if shorter, because the time's better for y'all, it's too much to take in at once, let us know. Let us know uh, times, too. We launch these. We try to launch these things on Thursday nights. If, that's, if there's a better time for anybody or a group, please let us know. We love the interaction, and for our regulars that come to, to the, uh, all the uh, 
premieres that we've had, we love you guys. Thank you so much. And encourage us uh, to see people, brothers and sisters, that want to enjoy this with us. We love it so much. And thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Every time you view for even just a minute, it, it tells us that God is using using us to reach someone. And that's all we want. Our prayers for if it's one person, that's okay. Uh, that's what we want, whatever God wants. So we love you guys. And Dad's going to pray for you and pray for us. And uh, we'll see you next time. Amen. Father, we just thank you again for being able to sit at your feet, feed from your table. We thank you for everything that you've given us. We thank you that you care for us and that you loved us. You loved us so much, Lord, that you're going to tell us the truth, Lord. You're going to shine your light on us, which we need to see, Lord, whether we realize it or not. So show us, Lord, if there's any places in our in our life, Lord, that are not pleasing to you, because we truly only want to please you. We don't. It, it doesn't matter what man thinks about us, Lord, as long as you're pleased, Lord. If there's something, Lord, that is not pleasing to you, let us know that, Lord. We give you praise and we give you thanks. I pray for everyone that their eyes will be open, Lord. Give them encouragement, Lord, to realize that you have done a mighty work and we're going to see that in the in the weeks to come. We give you praise and honor and we ask all this in Jesus' precious name, Father. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Peace be with you all.